Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, Sam gets blindfolded, Willow, Nina, and Valentin get testy in a court in a classroom situation, and who would have thought this anniversary special would have just led to a bunch of confetti being thrown out of an envelope? We're going to break all that down next. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey, everybody, welcome to the GH Report, breaking down all the latest shenanigans happening in Port Charles. I'm Frank Moran. I'm Carla Renata. And as always, folks, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and Carla's got the chat up and running, so hop in there and share your thoughts. I know you're in there already, right? I do, I do. Let me do roll call. Lisa Wagner, Stuart Pierce, Annie Gowen, Michael B., Kelly Public Cover, Melody Moffat, Dulamon. Hey, Dulamon. Um... Tam Smith, Rena Sheen, Nikisha Jones, uh, I think, and Loretta. Hey, Miss Loretta. She said, all right, here we go. Yes. And Joe Costanzo. Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the GH Report. Now, true. Everybody, now that everybody that Carla has mentioned, please type present in the chat <laughs> so we know that you're accounted for. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Don't clown me. Don't uh, so, clown yeah, me. Uh, we'll be breaking down this week's episode. Uh, a little news and gossip at the end of the episode to round it out. But uh, before we get in-depth on everything that happened this week, Carla, overall, what did you think? Okay, so I just, I'm just going to start with this because I was feeling some kind of way. So they showed the 56th anniversary of GH, and I, I remember saying this to somebody on Twitter, and I don't remember who I said it to, but someone responded to it. And I was like, I would have loved, the, like, when they do the 10 years, like the 50 and the 40 and the 30 when they do uh, flashback clips, when they do that, and we see that. But this was more like, oh, I love you, and I did this because of you. And I'm just like, mm. I'm like, I, I, it was very, that episode was so very lackluster for me. And then, you know, it was nice to see the whole Nina, um, Sasha thing kind of come to a head, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it was it was an interesting week. It wasn't totally like a dud, and there were some moments here and there that were like, oh, okay, we're going to do this? All right. But yeah. Well, let's jump right into the 56th anniversary. Ugh. And I agree. It seems like those the momentous anniversaries are always kind of on the fives or the zeros. Right. But I mean, I guess in one perspective, if you think about it, that... Well, anytime that a soap opera is still on the air, I guess every year we should celebrate it in this some fashion. This is the longest. Isn't this the longest running soap opera, or is Days the longest running one? I, Let's ask the chat yeah. room. Which one is the longest running soap opera, you guys? I think it's General Hospital with fifty six years, but it may be Days of Our Lives. They may be running neck and neck. And so this had been kind of seated, uh, even though we didn't know at the time. Uh, back when we heard that Gail had passed, the actress playing Gail Baldwin had passed. <laughs> they kind of tied it in and had the character pass as well. And we were, we were doing a, a multiple readings of this will. It was all going to pay off here at the beginning of April. Right. And it all paid off here in the, uh, the nurse glitter. station. At, <laughs> oh. 
So a, oh, a wide variety of people got invited. In, in fact, more than we thought. Because uh, we saw Alexis mentioned a few people about this. Yeah, yeah. What I what I did like about it, there's two things that I did, three things that I did like. I liked at the beginning there was that, that montage of people kind of walking past each other and greeting each other as they were coming to the nurse's station for Alexis to address everyone. I actually kind of enjoyed how that was shot. Because the camera wasn't sitting in one place. It was kind of moving around. That Mm -hmm. was kind of interesting to watch. I really enjoyed the scene between Monica and Lucy, where Lucy was looking over her nurse's ball gowns over the years. And Monica came in, and there was that moment where she found that pocket square that belonged to Alan. Mm -hmm. And Lucy gave it to her, and and she reminisced about this moment that Alan sang this song from Cinderella. And side note... I love that she brought that up, and kudos to GH Writers for bringing that up, because Stuart, I can't remember Stuart's last name, but his first name was Stuart, the man who played Alan Quartermain. Damon, I believe. Damon Stewart, that was his name. He was the prince in Cinderella with Leslie Ann Warren back in the day. And I used to watch I used to watch that on TV. It was the bomb.com. But he was the, <laughs> but he was the prince. So I love the fact that they kind of tied that in with the reminiscence of him because that was that's how they found him for GH by him playing the prince on Cinderella. So I I kind of love that. That was a personal nice moment for me. And then I really love the scene between um Laura and Sonny about her talking about him being bipolar. You could see in Maurice Bernard's face that he was emotional about that because he's bipolar in real life. So the fact that they took something he was experiencing in real life and made it part of his storyline on the show, you could tell that that was very special to him. And the scene between Epiphany and Carly was kind of, that was a really nice scene where she called out Carly but gave her some love too all at the same time it was nice those those moments were nice what did you think about the scene between monica and leslie in the uh, the locker room <laughs> that was hilarious where she called her a slut <laughs> god she full on called her a slut and i was like okay yeah it it, it is but been... they did they were they back in the day when the soap did center around them they would go at it because they oftentimes were after the same men. But uh, the other thing that I loved about the two of them is that now that they're older, both of them were just kind of hobbling down the hall. Did you? <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's not funny, but it's it made me laugh. I'm like, oh, somebody had some some knee surgeries or hip surgeries or something. And we know that Leslie both, fell off that horse a while back. Yeah, and they were both kind of just hobbling down the hall. I was like, okay, but yeah, it was comedy. Because even at the beginning when they meet and the, and the note, uh, envelopes are first passed out and mm. they're right around the nurse station. <laughs> and and Leslie and, and Monica throw a couple things back and forth and Leslie makes this face where she's just like I'm like holy cow I feel like the way Monica approached that scene where she's like uh, like oh glad to see that we've matured over the years where you can still be kind of snar- snarky I guess but also the years have gone by and so you you know you can just like you let grudges go because you, you've kind of quit- but I feel like for Leslie, Leslie le- not no. a day had passed. She went right back. T- she went right back there. And the other thing that I liked about that episode is that when she gave them the blueprints and they had to find their envelope or whatever. First of all, how you just gonna leave envelopes all over the hospital and hope that somebody not gonna take them? That was the first thing. But I love the fact that they would refer to a moment or a place from the blueprint. Didn't there used to be a, a row of of shelves are here you know they would always say something was there that was no longer there or like when monica and leslie met in that locker room that used to be the old cafeteria yeah so i i, I that kind of stuff the th- the throwbacks to what was there like the writing for that was pretty cool but i just felt like you know i wish they had handled it the way that they handled the other anniversaries which is a little more 
tug at the heartstrings kind of thing. I would have loved to have seen just, you know, even earlier episodes leading up into that uh, that particular episode of Alexis <laughs> sneaking around the hospital, like <laughs> placing, the placing envelopes. envelopes everywhere. She had to have had an intern or a apprentice or something because that was a <laughs> lot of freaking em- Other than the ones that she had in her hand, she had to place the ones around the hospital. So I was like, that's a lot. And I, I did like it at a couple of points there where Alexis is handing out the envelopes. Uh, otherwise, she just like toss them on the ground uh, on the table near them. Like she couldn't even be bothered. Somebody like, just. <laughs> Here, just take this envelope, please. Wait, I have to tell you, because they got jokes in the chat room. Um, everybody was like, <laughs> they were funny, Monica and Leslie. And Dulemon's like, they were hobbling. And then he said, nobody's face moved. He right, though. Monica nor Leslie's face moved. Them eyebrows wasn't moving. <laughs> the cheeks were moving. Uh. And, <laughs> and, and, and Michael B's like, Dula, that's wrong. It is wrong, but it was right. <laughs> just saying. I do agree. I uh, I, one thing I was wondering about is that we see Lucy and Scotty talking about uh, Serena. And I would have loved to. Yes. They brought her back uh, when Lee passed away. Mm-hmm. I would have loved for them, the show, to bring her back for this episode mm-hmm. rather than just mention her. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'd rather have seen that than, than Franco. It's like, Franco, yes, he's Scotty's son, but I mean, had really no connection to Gail at all. Right. And, th- and let's just talk about this for a second. What is up with Lucy having the puppy dog eyes for Kevin all of a sudden? Like, what is up with that? Like, every time you turn around, there she is lurking. And then when they were looking for the envelopes, and the envelope for um, Kevin happened to be in the same room where Laura was, she was like, this is where you belong. It was so dramatic. I'm like, oh, please, I cannot. (laughs) It was so dramatic. I... Uh, you know, because sometimes when you do these retrospectives, these anniversary specials, you kind of roll in the clips throughout the show. Mm-hmm. This episode, they decided to roll them out at the end. Yeah. But even the selection of the clips, I thought were just kind of lackluster. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, and sure, you don't want to see the the Luke and Laura wedding or anything like that. It's like, yeah, okay, we've seen those enough times. I mean, Luke's no longer really on the show. I mean, you could honor that if you wanted to, but it's, you know, there are other great iconic episodes, scenes in the show. Yeah, I just felt I just felt like overall with that episode, it would if they had done a montage at the beginning and then gone into that that thing where everybody's moving around the nurse's station, that would have been cool. Or when somebody's name was mentioned, there was a voiceover over the footage of the person or something to that effect. Like I just as a as a old G G H er, yeah. I just would have liked to have seen a throwback to some of the people that are no longer there, like Edward Quartermain, you know, like um, his wife, um, Damon Stewart, like you know the people that were that, Steve Harvey, the, right? The people that made General Hospital, mm-hmm. you know, Miss Jessie, Nurse Jessie, all of those people that made General Hospital what it is. Then the reason why we still watch it fifty six years later, it would have been nice to see, have seen more of that, and for them to honor those people as well. You know, just to bring it full circle. No, I agree. It was, you know, I, I mean, certainly losing the actress that had played Gail. I mean, certainly the show wants to commemorate Somebody's that. Like, who was Gail? <laughs> right. But I, but I feel like that's the thing, that's too. That's exactly like, my it's point. It's been so long since she's been part of the show that for many newer viewers, they have no connection to this at all. And a lot of, a lot of the old-time viewers are going to have that connection. They're going to appreciate that little nod to an actor that, while she was on the show, could be very much beloved. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like, oh man, if you if you're gonna take this much time and they've been seeding this for a few months, I would hope that the payoff would be more than just like, hey, we're gonna throw some confetti around the nurse's station. I would hope that it was gonna like kickstart 
some kind of fun, cool storyline. Because this was kind of a whimper of a payoff to all mm, of this. Yeah. They are reading me in the chat room because I keep getting Alan Quartermain's name wrong. Okay, I got it. It's Stuart Damon. Thank there you. you. I knew it was the two names. I just kept inverting the order. But thank you for calling me out. I appreciate you. No, no like Carla, you know, Carla can, <laughs> she calls me a wide variety of names. And I just love it. The fact that she even just is mentioning it's me all good. Is it's all good. Um, so, so people are asking who... Gail was, and someone says she was a counselor at GH, married to Scott's dad. Yes, um, and Gail Baldwin was she was a great actress. I really enjoyed her. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, but it's like if you're gonna do this, let I mean, and maybe it's because Scotty is not a front burner character. So, no. but it, I, you know, this is a great opportunity to give Scotty a little bit more of a storyline, set up something. That uh, we could pay off because I mean, Ken Triner's available. Let's do something with him. I mean, maybe they could hook him and Lucy back up, give her something to do instead of running after Kevin because that's getting real old. Yeah, and it's only two, it's going to be only a few seconds before Laura turns around and punches her in her throat. I'm just saying because Laura keeps looking at her like, if you don't get away from my man, it's going to be consequences and repercussions. That's how she looks at her. It's kind of funny, but I do like that because it shows, and I think it shows from the Ryan storyline is that John Lindstrom, an incredible talent. Been a long time since he'd had any kind of front burner storyline. Exactly. And he's but you been know there what? for years. He can bring the heat. And so a lot of these veterans can do it if you give them a storyline. Mm-hmm. So if you want to focus more on Scotty and and, and uh, Lucy as part of this with whatever's going to be happening with Kevin and Laura, mm-hmm. great. Uh, let's do it. I, all these veterans will step up if you give them the material and the opportunity. Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh, so we do see, uh, we'll jump into, I mean, as you're talking about Lucy and Kevin, I guess I could see Lucy, the way she's acting around Kevin is, she's the one that kind of threw away that marriage. She had the, yeah. she slept around with Scotty. Yeah. And she knows that Kevin was always there for her. And that was, yep. I think she realized like, this is a good thing that I let go of my life. Because I was selfish. So she's having a moment, and she said she was married to him twice. Yeah. <laughs> I love how she was in court going, yeah, he was my ex-husband twice, and Nora Buchanan was like, oh, oh, let me just hit that for a second. So I love the fact that General Hospital is turning into One Life to Live. They got Franco used to be used to be Todd Manning yep. on One Life to Live, and then the girl that used to play Kiki, the first one they had play Kiki, used to play Star Manning on One Life to Live, and they got rid of her, and then they kept bringing in different people to play play Kiki over the years until they finally settled on the young girl that they just killed off. Now they got Nora Buchanan and this is the second time they brought her in. Is it or is it even her third time? Or is it? It might be the, it might be the third the time because I remember her. I remember one other time that she was there. She came to represent Valentine, right? And she also represented uh, helping the uh, Julian. Uh, oh, right. You're yeah. right. You're right. So this is the third time. But I love the fact that she, I love that she was like, I love how they introduced her, how she was click clacking down the hall. All you saw was her legs and her feet click clacking down the hall. And then he said, oh, there she is right now. She's like, hi, I'm Nora Buchanan. I'm like, okay, so they're just going to turn this into one life to live. It's yeah. just funny to me. Well, I mean, I'm always a fan of like, if you interconnect these universes, that's great. And we even have uh, Margot, uh, our lovely D.A. Dawson. Uh, she was from she was from All My Children. That's right. When she goes did more you of catch, a Pine Valley. Did you catch she said I'm more of a Pine Valley girl myself? Yep. I was like, yes, for the Pine Valley joke. I was living for that moment. That was kind of great. Uh, so, yeah, we see Kevin uh, getting put up. Uh, he's you know, it's deciding if he's going to plead guilty or, or not guilty for everything that happened with Ryan. And uh, he's ready to just like, I'm ready to just say guilty. This is, yep. this is me. But And Nora was like, yeah, dude, you don't want to do that. There'll be no going. She's like, there is no going backwards and changing this if you do that. So you might want to plead not guilty and go to court and let us, you know, get this expunged altogether. And I have to say, that was a kind of pins and needles moment. 
to see what he was going to do. Because for a minute, I thought he was still going to, you know, plead guilty. There, after seeing what they did with Paul, and they just so quickly wrote him out of the show, had him, you know, he's guilty and he's gone. Mm-hmm. Part of me always worries now that you could take somebody like John Lindstrom and, and Kevin and have him plead guilty, and then that's you Take it. them all. Yeah. And you could have Ryan still pop up to wrap up that part of the storyline, but you could easily just get Kevin off the canvas. Yeah. And then once Ryan's done, then that, you know, thanks, John. Uh, if we ever need you, you know, three years from now to just pop up in, in a prison for a little bit, we'll, well have you Well, now that he's an Emmy nominee, they might keep him around a little bit longer. I hope so, because he's great. He's wonderful. He really is. But they're punking him out. This is what I hate. When they have somebody that plays someone that's evil, they punk him out, and then they have him be such a wuss toward the end. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> Why we got to punk him out? Why we got to have him walking around looking all pitiful all the time, you know? But I feel like... It's so fresh that he's got to do this little pitiful bit for a little while. He's got to be apologetic and regretful of his actions and saying, yes, I deserve everything that you're going to give to me because I did this. So I feel like he's on that sort of, you know, quote unquote, apology tour for a little bit. I'm ready for it to wrap up. (laughs) Apology tour, right. Me too. Oh, and somebody else pointed out that um, Finn was John McBain on One Life to Live. And then he was on another soap. He was Silas and he was a vampire. He's been multiple people. He's on Port Charles for that. Yeah. (laughs) I, I liked him as McBain, and I was so sad when everything happened with Prospect Park that they had to take Kiki and uh, Todd and uh, McBain yeah. and bring them back over to One Left Cliff and pull them out of uh, I Port know, Charles. that was sad. And then someone wanted to know, I don't think Finola Hughes was on All My Children, was she? She played her twin sister, Alex. Oh. Um, so that's how she I, first how came did back. I miss that? I must have been out of the country doing that one because I don't remember that at all. Okay, well. Yeah. Uh, there you go, Marlon Wallace. <laughs> yeah, they brought her back as Alex first and then reintroduced Anna in a little, after a little bit. Okay. Uh, so I, we do see a scene between Laura and uh, Alexis, mm-hmm. and they're kind of comparing notes about mm-hmm. uh, a man that they loved who have held withheld secrets from mm-hmm. them that have come back to really damage their relationship. Mm-hmm. And certainly we see what happened with Alexis and Julia. It's, but you, but the, didn't you love how, how – not to interrupt you, sure. but to interrupt you <laughs> – did you see how adamant Alexis was about the fact that there was no going back and she couldn't forgive him? But every time you turn around, whenever he's around her, she turns into putty. Like when he was looking for the envelope and he had her pinned up against the wall and he literally was just put, putting his arm underneath that picture to grab that envelope and she thought he was coming in for the kill and how yeah. rele- how relieved but not really she looked when he, he had his envelope and went skipping down the steps. She says that, but then there's moments like that where you know that she's just popping off at the mouth. I, but, I mean, I also see it as, like, the the addiction. It is like a bottle of uh, vodka or gin mm. for her. That mm. if Julian – I mean, the difference is that that bottle of vodka can't pursue you. Mm. I mean, you have a weakness and you may go get that bottle of vodka and you may drink it or not drink it. But okay. with Julian, this is, a, this is a, 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 a bad temptation for her that can actually pursue her. So it's not enough for her just to say no. If Julian full court pressed her, for some reason decided, yep – you know what? Forget Kim. Forget everything else in my life. Alexis, I want you. I bet if he full court pressed her and charmed her, I don't know if Alexis's resolve would be strong enough to say, no, you're bad for me. I can't do this. I think she would succumb. Uh, yeah, of course she would. She fantasizes about him all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, but, but it's, it's like, it's, but I don't want to But see I don't want to see Right. I don't want to see that either. Like, we've seen that already. Yeah. We've seen that, what, once, twice, maybe three times a lady. I don't need to see it again. I really don't. So. It is amazing that it has been a couple of years now since all that really went down. And it is still the primary driving force of Alexis's character. I find that kind of frustrating. 
Yeah, I need for Alexis is a smart cookie. I mean, she's a lawyer. I mean, I just I wish they would give her a stronger storyline too, because she they're kind of making her part of Christina's storyline, like an ancillary sideline mm-hmm. part of Christina's storyline. And I wish they would just give her her own storyline instead of interweaving her with other people. And yeah. their storylines, you know what I'm saying? And we've talked about that Cassidyne, that possible Cassidyne storyline that is just kind of laid there for a while. Uh, and, I mean, I feel like it's ready to go at any time. I, I would love for the show to k- finally kick it into gear. Who knows, whatever behind-the-scenes things are kind of, they need to work yeah, out to be able to do know. it. Yeah, we never know, yeah. So we see how Alexis feels about her and Julian. Mm-hmm. Laura, I mean, she pays Kevin's bail. After he says, yes. you know, it's like he, after he pleads not guilty. <laughs> Let's just talk about that for a second. How ominous they were with that whole situation. Her coming out of the elevator with the camera zooming in on the document. I'm like, we know she did. Like, do we really need to see all that? That was such a, a it wasted shot. It was such shot. a waste of camera. I'm like, oh, God, really? Okay. Yeah, we got it. We got it, <laughs> We got it. Oh. We're good. Because otherwise, I was like, "What is she? What transaction is she talking about?" Because I'm like, "Is it a mafia payment?" Like, what, <laughs> like what is, I was so confused. I'm like, "What is going on right now?" It was crazy. Oh, uh, what do you think? Do you think uh, Laura is going to be more like Alexis? And because she's still on the fence about what she wants to do with Kevin, she's not signed the divorce papers. No. Do you think that she will try to that her and Kevin can work their back back together, or are they going to be like Alexis and Julian? I think they'll probably work their way back together because Laura seems to be a little bit more, even though her emotions are leading how she wants to to move toward Kevin at this moment. I feel like she has a little bit more rationality when it comes to relationships. Like she's not one to stay in one for too long if she doesn't have to, except if it was Luke. Luke is the only person that she's ever been involved with that she stayed in a relationship way much longer than she needed to. Because it was just, I mean, let's think about how she got together with Luke. Luke raped her. Yeah. So she got raped by Luke and then ended up falling in love with him and marrying him and having two kids. So I'm just saying, there's a lot going on there. That was a relationship where she was there way too long, much longer than she needed to be. With Kevin, they don't have any children together. So it might be easier for her to walk away from that situation because there isn't that hanging over the relationship's head. They don't have any children together. They have nothing to literally tie them together for perpetuity for all practical purposes. So she could walk away. But then if she did, she'd be by herself. But does she really want to be distracted with Kevin and his shenanigans now that she just got elected to be mayor? I don't think so. I mean, we saw a little bit, you know, leading up before they even got married. They go on that that adventure on Cassidyne Island. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kevin gets shot by uh, Valentine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so we saw a little bit of the hunt of uh, and them kind of doing stuff as a couple together. Then they get married, and then you know, Laura uh, Jeannie Francis ends up leaving the show. Right. So we never really get to see them together as a married couple, really having that adventure. Right. Like a Luke and Laura adventure they would do. It's uh, hard to follow that though. I'm like, if you got if you married to somebody that's taking you on adventures and then your kids are going on the adventures with you, you always on the run, like it's always shenanigans. How do you follow that up? Because Kevin is about as milk toast as they come. True. I mean, and it doesn't need to be as epic as a Luke and Laura adventure would mm-hmm. be, but at least like uh, a storyline that has them working together as a couple towards mm-hmm. something. We haven't had that since they got married. No. And now we have them kind of at, you know, at, at, at crossroads right now, whether they're going to stay together or not. It'll be interesting to see how they play that out. I would I would love for them still to stay together. I mean, I know it's... Do you, I mean, we and we've talked about this a little bit before. I mean, certainly Kevin's not telling Laura and keeping Ryan's... Uh, 
uh, secret that he's still alive and he's over there mm-hmm. in uh, you know Ferncliff. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much how responsible do you hold Kevin for everything that happened? I don't know that I hold Kevin responsible for everything that happened. I will hold Kevin responsible for not letting the authorities know that he had Ryan. Um, But at the end of the day, Ryan committed those acts. Ryan was very good. Look, Ryan fooled people in Port Port Charles, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say Pine Valley. Um, Ryan fooled everybody in Port Charles for months. Months! Had people thinking that he was Kevin. So clearly he was very good at winning people over in that respect. You can't fault Kevin for Ryan being that crafty. That's all on Ryan. You know, Kevin didn't have anything to do with that. But what he did have something to do with was keeping him in Ferncliff and not telling anybody. He is responsible for that. And he did it because, again, his emotional um, attachment to his brother drove and made his decisions for him. You know, not necessarily the best situation, not Mm -hmm. necessarily the best decision to make, but that's what happened. Someone in the chat room said something that I wanted to address. When we were talking about Alexis and Laura and their situation of whether to keep going back and forth to these guys, somebody... I can't find it, but somebody brought up the point that... Oh, here we go. Michael B. brought up the point that Kevin didn't try to kill Laura. He's never tried to kill Laura, Mm -hmm. but uh, Julian did try to kill Alexis. Yes. So there's that. So it's like, why are you still trying to, like, get with somebody that actually tried to kill you? Like, that in itself is just some mental sickness going on. And then somebody else said that I shouldn't try to compare the two relationships, the Luke and Laura and the... The um, Kevin and Laura. I'm not comparing the two relationships, but if you look from a female point of view, if you look at it, it's like when you are dealing with with certain men in your life, some men you just gravitate toward them because they're bad boys. You know, Luke is a bad boy. Luke Mm -hmm. was always a bad boy, and she gravitated toward him because of that. Kevin is the complete opposite of that. So she gravitated toward Kevin because she didn't want to have the life that she had with Luke. Now, it turns out that Kevin has lied to her, which in some respects doesn't make him any better than Luke. You know what I mean? So she's kind of like, she's she's at a crossroads, but I think that she'll probably end up going back to Kevin. I hope so, because I, I would like to have them have some time together on the show. Yeah, working together I don't want either one together. of them to, to go at this juncture. I'd like to see them work a little bit more. I wasn't a fan of that union when it happened, as you know. Like, when they got married, I was like, uh. Well, I mean, I felt like I wanted to like it more than I uh, than I did, and part of this is because I enjoyed those two actors mm-hmm. and those two characters. Mm-hmm. But it, exactly. But it was the same thing that we see in a lot of these storylines, where we see them so rarely that we only get to see like big moments, and we never really get to see a lot of the stuff in between. Yeah. So I feel like that relationship, we're only seeing like, oh my god, I really love you. We didn't really get to see no. a lot of the stuff between then. We're like, okay, you've had a bunch of stuff that we never saw on camera. So right. I was, okay, sure. Speaking of stuff we didn't see, so. We never really saw all of the shenanigans that Maxie and Peter were pulling off trying to get this DNA test situation. And then once they finally divulged the results, which for weeks I thought that they had the goods and they were going to say that, you know, that Sasha wasn't her daughter. Like, I thought they were going to go in and then they were like, oh, the results said that you are her daughter. I was like, really? All that build up to that? And then Maxie and Peter just kind of go their separate ways. I'm like... Really? That's how we're going to resolve them running around for weeks at a time? Yeah. Excuse me. She's just going to get in the elevator and bounce? Okay. Well, 
<laughs> I mean, because we saw when when Valentine follows Max and Peter to uh, GH, and they're with uh, they're with Brad. He makes a phone call. I said, I need your help. So who, we don't know who's on the other line of that. So I don't know if it was the person that he was speaking to that altered the the results of that DNA test. Or was it – I don't think it was Liesl because I don't think Liesl gets It was anything. Valentine. You know it was Valentine. Yeah. Because even Sasha was like, how did you do that? And he was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, one never knows. Do one. It's kind of the look he had on his face. I'm like, okay. I will be curious to find out who that person was that Valentine did reach out to. I, 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 I can't think of somebody off the head, off the top of my head, that it would have been. It might have been Liesl. Yeah, but I don't know why he's going to help facilitate that. Mm. Like, and why Liesl, what Liesl gets out of it, other than just having something still over Valentine? Honey, does Liesl ever need anything to get out of anything to cause trouble? She just, she is just trouble with a big old T. But I love her. I love her. Whenever she's on the screen, it's like the whole scene just comes alive because she's just got shenanigans. <laughs> But I, <laughs> I agree with you though that I was really hoping that the show would have, would have delivered that. Like I would have loved to see the fallout happen right there in the Metro Court. Yeah, I really, I really kind of wanted to see that. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted them to have the goods on her. I wanted them to just have this big old scene in the Metro Court and just go in. Which speaking of Metro Court, I just side note just for a second. So I was doing Dish and Days earlier with my friend Kevin Spiritus who has this um, series called After Forever It's nominated for eight Emmys, right? And I was over there with him talking about his show. <laughs> what made me laugh was we, um, Tony was saying that sometimes he does background on GH. And I was like, in, I said, in which restaurant? And he was like, Oh, I, I said the Metro Court, the Floating Rib, the yeah. <laughs> like. I rattled off all days, and they were like, "Really? They like Port Charles got that many restaurants?" They were like, "Salem only got one restaurant and one hotel." I said, "Yeah, no, Port Charles is banging." Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Port Charles got restaurants for days. We got we got three restaurants, <laughs> three restaurants Anna you Cole. can choose from. Yeah, dawn a day. I mean, you know, your, your cup runneth over if you're looking for food options. I'm there. sorry. I just had to throw that in there because that was really funny to me. Because I started around, I'm like, oh, they got the Floating Rib. They got the Metro Court. They got uh, Charlie's. Yep. They got, uh, 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 Ruby, not Ruby's. What's it called now? Kelly's. Kelly's. It used to be called Ruby. That's right. I was like, oh, Lord. It's just, I just laughed. I, it just tickled me. <laughs> <laughs> that just tickled me. It was funny. Uh, you know, before we hop on to the next topic, folks, uh, just a quick shout-out, though, that uh, thank you to all of you, all you fantastic viewers there, for helping us become the ESPN of TV Talk. But we also are asking for some help as well. So uh, if you're watching on YouTube, if you could uh, like and subscribe. If you're watching uh, or listening, excuse me, on iTunes, give that five-star rating. But no matter where you're listening or watching, leave a comment and get involved in the conversation. I mean, look at all these people that are getting involved with Carla in yes. the chat. Carla is loving it. I do. I love talking to y'all. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but folks, we love doing the show. Uh, we do a lot of other shows here at After Buzz, uh, whether it's on Popcorn Talk, whether it's uh, BHL. We just love having the opportunity to do this. And it's because of you watching that we get the opportunity to do this. So thank you for watching and continue to enjoy our shows. Very well said, my oh, friend. Well, there you go. It's like they paid me. So in the chat room, Michael B. is saying that it could have been Brad on the other end of the phone. But he was in the room with them. Oh, well, he was then with Maxie Peter in the room <laughs> when, when Valentine was walking away. That would have been great. He was like, excuse me. <laughs> What's up? No. Okay, yeah. All right. I'll okay, do and can we just talk about this for a second? So I love how when Sonny and Carly came over to, to Lulu's house to see how Dante was doing, and she was like, he's gone. 
and she's picking up toys and she just her back is to them the whole time and 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 um Sonny is like no talk to me and she's like he left blah 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 and she's like yelling and being all like unruly and Rocco hears her <laughs> now I'm laughing because I remember at some point during the week somebody on Twitter I think it was Michael P <laughs> somebody on Twitter compared Rocco to children yeah that was Michael B that was the boy Michael B children of the I have to admit, one of my favorite things on soaps Ooh, is... that made me laugh out loud. That was so funny. <laughs> is the way that adults will get children out of a room in a Ooh. scene on, on any soap opera. Whatever kind of weird... Hey, uh, I think there's some cookies there in the kitchen if you want to go get some. And then they leave. Or like, hey, why don't, like Sonny did with Rocco, why don't you show me that video game system you've been yeah. playing? Let's go play. But then they had a nice scene. He had a nice scene with that little boy. And I know yeah. Maurice Bernard was having a hard time because that little boy, bless his heart... He was doing the best he can, but mm, yeah, yeah, uh, sipping. But speaking of <laughs> of Lulu, we see there at the end of the week where we really get to see, which I think I, I think is something that maybe we've wanted to see since what happened with her and Kevin mm. or her and Ryan, excuse me. But really pays off for it. We all have all talked about Dante being broken, but Lulu reveals that you know what, there's something broken in her after everything that's happened as well. And now that yeah. Dante's gone, who does she have to help her do this? She still got two kids. What is she going to do with this? Yeah, that's I feel for her because she she got a lot going. She can't now. This is what's going to be interesting. How are they going to continue to keep having her being the roving reporter when she has no backup for these two kids? Like, what you just going to leave them at home by themselves? They can't they can't cook dinner by themselves. Like, what you going to do? I mean, I guess you could say she gets a nanny. I suppose. But is she is the invader paying that much that you are able to uh, afford a nanny, no. a full time nanny? <laughs> no, and you can't rely on Laura. I mean, sure, she can do it for a couple weeks while you're in Laura Paris. Laura is the mayor. Yeah, she's got a real full time job. And Carly's as well. pregnant. She's about to have another baby, and Sonny's feeling some kind of way about that. So everybody else's plates are full. You know, I mean, and I know there's been talk about the way that Dante left the show, and we even talked about this last week too, where he doesn't lay all his cards out on the table about exactly why he's leaving. That he's been having these dreams of harming. Uh, Lulu, killing her in mm-hmm. these dreams. And so to tell her, like, I've had dreams where I've killed you, and I'm worried that if I stay here, something's going to happen to you, Rocco, or Charlotte. Mm. So that's why I have to go. He doesn't mm. tell that to Lulu. Mm-mm. So I feel like, I, and whether that's the, the show saying, like, we're we're not going to have him talk about this, so that way Lulu can feel betrayed or feel rejected well, so she can move on. Well, he did He did allude to it. He didn't come straight out and say it, but he did allude to it as he was talking about, when he was talking to her Right before he left, he did allude to it, and she. But let's just talk about the fact when she was sitting on them steps crying. I'm like, girl, it was like she was trying to muster up them tears. I'm like, mm. <laughs> I was feeling some kind of way about that. I was just like, oh, Lulu, girl, come on, get your life. Well, she does go afterwards and have a nice little, uh, a quick contentious scene with Valentina and Nina. Mm. And, you know, I thought, like, after the stuff with Willow, even though they didn't always see eye to eye and everything, it seemed like when it came to. Charlotte and what was best for her, they could kind of come together. And Nina was always sort of like the wild card, right? In that, but in that, that, that like Valentine just immediately flies off the handle, like, I'm going to Paris, I'm gonna take Rocco. No, you can't take Charlotte, like, slow your roll, Valentine. Let me finish my sentence before you <laughs> like, start jumping. Right? All over the like, place. can I finish what I'm saying first? Yeah, like, why are you, why are you jumping all over me? Like, <laughs> And, like latex, like what is going yeah. on with you? And I thought like Nina and her were in a better spot too. So, but when Nina's snarky to her as Lulu's leaving, I'm like, whoa, easy, Nina. Why are you being so snarky? Because she's leaving the show. <laughs> I guess. I'm sorry. That was uncalled for. Uh, 
speaking of Nina and Valentine, what did you think quickly of their uh, their scenes with Willow uh, in her classroom with the, the principal as well as their union rep? Just shenanigans. Shenanigans. You knew eventually that scene was going to happen because there was only so much talking that Nina and Valentine, Valentine, Valentine were going to do with Willow about Charlotte and, and her situation in that classroom without the principal being present. At some point, that was going to have to happen. And at some point, it was all going to come to a, a head and, and boil over. And, you know, it did. But I also felt like that principal stayed quiet way too long. Like, he speaks up at the end. Yeah. Says, you know, we're not going to do this just based on one uh, set of parents' uh, concerns. But I felt like he'd let Willow just get chewed out a bit by the two of them before he really stepped in and said it. Because they have money. That's why. Yeah. Whenever Think about it. Whenever Whenever parents come to a school and they have money and they want to complain about a teacher or how things are being run at the school, they just let them do what they want because they don't want to get rid of, they don't want to piss the parents off who are giving that funding for whatever they're giving funding for. Now, I'm just making up my own storyline, my backstory as to why he may have acted that way, but, you know, we don't really know. Well, he does say that he does say to Willow that Valentine is the one that uh, he provides the money that helps pay for the pencils. That's why you don't have to buy pencils of your own for the classroom. So <laughs> Nina yeah. and Valentine are just like they are like bullies with a pocketbook. Like they just come in both barrels. They're like the Bonnie and Clyde of bullies in <laughs> They are. They just every time they come in a scene together, they're always popping off on somebody. It's like I'm going to need y'all to look in the mirror. Like, like, what are you doing? How are you just going to think it's okay for you to pop off on everybody else and not take a look at what you're doing, Valentine, with your little side hustle with DNA tests and Nina running around killing people? Chow, please. Well, after, I mean, and even when Nina says, hey, what's Liesl got over you? And Valentine lies yet again and says, she knows you're the one that injected Claudette. Uh yeah, so I'm like, oh. And she's like, I'm going to run out of, I'm like, run out of the room and do what? What yeah. you going to do to Liesl? Child, Liesl be the drop kicked no, you. Not Claudia, Cassandra. My yeah, Cassandra. Yeah. I'm like, what, what, what's she going to do to Liesl? Liesl be the drop kicked her back into another barn with some fire. It's like, girl, shut up. And, and then so it's like, <laughs> don't tell Liesl, don't, don't bring this up to Liesl because she seems to be fine right now. So it's like, Valentine, this is all going to come crumbling down, buddy. Yeah, uh, it's uh, just a matter of time. So we also have Oscar takes another turn for the worst. Oh, that was sad. They have a nice little bit there on the bridge where uh, they put a lock on there. Oh, and then they started dancing. Oh, that was sad. That broke my heart. That actually kind of broke my heart. I was like, and poor little Joss. And then she had that moment in the hospital with Carly where she was all loud and unruly. Yeah. And Carly was like, you got to let the doctor have that time with their with his with. Um, his parents let them she's like but no no I felt bad for her that was the only time literally that I really felt bad for her in this whole situation because you could tell that now she's the realization that this is not just something that they're talking about that this is going to be a reality finally started to settle in it is one thing with uh, and we've talked about briefly child actors here uh, (laughs) but it is great when you see a child actor really step into the material that they're given Mm-hmm. And I feel like this storyline has really given Eden McCoy a lot of stuff to yes. step into. And it's paid off with a uh, nomination for her. Yes. But deservedly so. She's yes. really grown as an actress, I Absolutely. Thought. Absolutely. She does a, a really, really fine job of of playing Joss and those moments that she's with Oscar. And But that was that was that moment of them on that bridge, that was kind of like a... It was reminiscent and, and brought up the same emotion in me as like that Stone Robin situation. Like I felt the same kind of way. It was that was hard to watch. Yeah, that was sad. Uh, 
real quick, we get Sam coming over to DOD uh, to get a creepy God. blindfold session with, with Shiloh. <laughs> uh, I, no, I'm, I just want to blindfold myself, Shiloh. Like, oh, this is... And then he's watching later on that computer. Like, he recorded it all. It's like, he's like, yeah. The way he looks at her is just a little creep, creepazoid. Like, I can't take it. Like, this, it's going to be... It's only going to be a matter of time before he, like, drugs her and rapes her or does something crazy. Because he's obsessed with her. Yeah. Like, obsessed. Well, you saw, like, when the blindfold is, and he kind of puts his hands up there, and he kind of holds back, and he's like, no, I can't do it yet. I want to be creepy with her, but I can't do it yet. Uh, he's the worst. <laughs> he is the worst. Uh, real quick as we're getting, I mean, time is flying by, Carla. That did fly. It went fast, you guys. Uh, let's do just a couple uh, quick uh, little news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. Uh, we'll focus more on the uh, the gossip and speculation here. It's that, of course, we know that Michelle Stafford is leaving General Hospital to return to the role of Phyllis on YNR, Young and the Restless. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's been thought of, like, well, uh, what are they going to do with Nina's character? Is she going to just leave town because uh, of everything that's happened with Valentine? Are they going to recast the role? Are they going to recast the role just to send her off? Many variations <laughs> of that, and we don't know exactly what uh, is going to happen. happen. But there's been speculation that Katie McCain... Uh, who's uh, played Dixie on, uh, on All My Children? Yes, uh, could be the one that it will come in and reprise the role of uh, take over the role of Nina. So I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I, you know, I always liked her as Dixie. I I liked I, her as Dixie, but I don't know about her as Nina. Hmm. And I don't know. Maybe because Michelle Stafford is ingrained in my brain. Yeah. You know what I mean. We'll see. So I would be. I, I still think there's still mileage left in the Nina character. So. I would not want her just to come on just to send the character off. Mm-hmm. I, if they're going to do this, I would rather you know send Michelle Stafford off to go to Paris for several weeks and mm-hmm. then bring Katie McCain in and have her take over after that and see what happens. <laughs> they're, call, they're calling Nina and Valentine Boris and Natasha. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we also know that uh, Oscar's time is coming to an end. It's going to be a very tragic ending there for them. Mm-hmm. So we'll be seeing that coming up in the next couple weeks there. But we also have some hot stuff for the DOD storyline. There's something creepy in the attic. And we're going to find out what that is uh, this week, I believe. Oh, God. Something creepy in I'm the so attic. I'm so ready for that DOD story to be done. I'm kind of <laughs> over it. I was like, let's drag this out another month, shall we not? Uh, <laughs> as we wrap up, what do you think, uh, just quick speculation, what do you think is so creepy up in the attic that's going to freak Sam and Christina out? It's probably a body. It's mm. probably somebody. It's probably, remember how they had Laura locked up for a minute in the um, the mental institution? It might be somebody that's just locked up. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> you know, because that's all they all they they good for locking up a body on General Hospital up in the attic or in a basement or you know we'll see. I know I it'll think... be a new character. Yay! Dun dun dun! It's gonna be. Uh... <laughs> uh, it's sadly if it only could have been Ryan's hand, uh, but we know that is firmly in the Canadian police's custody. So mm, we'll uh, see. That's right. Uh, so <laughs> uh, so yes, we'll, we'll be on the lookout for Ryan to come by, hook or not hook on his uh, on his uh, right hand. We'll see what happens. <laughs> right <laughs> there, you go. <laughs> uh, but ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. Time has flown by. Yes. But as always, folks, like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, 
Thank everybody for hopping in the chat. Carla's loved reading everything you've been having to say this episode. I know y'all have been very vocal today. I love it. We love it. We love it. We love it. Uh, now, folks, we're going to be off next week. We will be back in two weeks to break down all the storylines here. So hopefully we'll have some more traction on the DOD storyline. We'll see what happens with that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, But if you want to continue the conversation with either of us, even after the show's over, Carla, where can they find you? Y'all can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. You can find me right before the GH Report over at Black Hollywood Live doing The Curvy Critic with Carla Renata where I talk about the latest releases and uh, classic films all the time. And you can find those reviews also at Rotten Tomatoes and at the com. There you go. Look at her uh, all her great photos from the uh, end, Avengers Endgame press conference today. Oh, yeah. I've never been more jealous. <laughs> never. <laughs> uh, folks, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I don't get to do cool things like Carla does. So it's just more just pictures of me being sad. Follow, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. Folks, we'll be back in two weeks right here on AfterBuzz TV for another episode of the GH Report. Take care. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.